Welcome to Marketing Money Podcast. Roll it! We're here. Had a couple of weeks off due to travel. Oh, I'm glad to be here. We're back. It's hot. It's too hot. It's hot all over the country, except for I saw in New Hampshire. They had a snow that shocked them all, and it was bad. Yeah, and like killed yeah, like hikers, pretty bad. I think. Pretty bad. But um, not I was here. Like, I thought it was like, like I was like, this can't, like, it didn't make any win- sense. Wintery. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. But it's super hot. Especially in the old Mississippi, triple digits for like three, like four every days. Day, every day this week, and no rain. Blind melon. <laughs> they sold the song to Dodge or Chevy. I don't know which. It's in a truck commercial now, though. Maybe really, Toyota. that's in a truck commercial. It is. It's not just country music and Dodge built built Ford ram tough. tough or the American man has a shovel and he goes about his business by Ford. I mean, it's like no, it's no rain driving, huh? Around on a mountaintop or something. Interesting. But if you notice, all the songs are now in advertising because we are in the biz, uh, matching kind of the generation that now has purchasing power. Like I've noticed, all the '90s hits are now mm-hmm. the key song. Like you're no longer hearing the Baby Boomer songs as much in ads. You know, a good song it's from the to '90s, be grungy and what's that? For like, I don't know. I'm sure they're like a boat or whatever. The Breeders' Last Splash. Yeah, that would be a. That'd be it. Nothing. That's only the, the rest of the album was actually good, but well, it's a real memorable song with the don 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 don. Yep, it's a good song. Driving but, baseline. Uh, so to that point, we need to hurry up and finish this podcast so I can listen to that song. Oh, is that what you want to listen I want to? Listen to that. Is that better than Sneaker Pimps? Six Underground. That's a good song. Yeah, that's a good one. Those are kind of like non-hit hits. I don't know if they hit the charts. The Saint. Yeah. The, the movie The Saint. Yeah. the Good movie. Val Kilmer. I don't know what part. Shoe? Was Elizabeth Shoe in Elizabeth Shoe, who I had a big crush on. <laughs> who didn't? She's... Leaving at, Las Vegas? Oh, yeah. So was it Babysitters? Was Adventures in Babysitters. Was that her or Christine Applegate? Uh, Elizabeth Shoe. Elizabeth Shoe. Okay, yeah. uh, cocktail? Yep. She was... Anyway. She, she might have been more of an it girl than people give her credit for. Yeah. Or maybe she does, and I'm just not in the Snicker Pimp, Six world. Underground was in that um, the Saint soundtrack, and a lot of a lot of other good songs. There you go. Some Moby in there, I think. Moby. Did Liz Fair have a song in it? No. <laughs> oh, little whip smart. So, what are we going to tell the people about today? I think we're on something in your book, but you told me you gave me this like real cryptic thing. That you're going to talk about about beers or bears or something. Bears, beats, and Battlestar Galactica. Okay. From the Office. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The episode I mean, when Jim dresses up like Drew. <laughs> Drew. Drew. Not Drew. Not Drew. There's not a new character named Drew. Who's <laughs> Drew? Where'd that come from? I just from? made that up. Anyway. Dwight. Dwight. Shrew. Dwight. How can we? Why can we not say when Dwight you know Shrew. him as well as I do? You can call him Drew. Known by known by. Anyway, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story that is 
no one else will find funny. Because well, it's nothing's not, been funny yet on this No, podcast. it's not. We're just so, so we're just keeping coming in hits. cold on yeah. the hottest day of the year. So a guy works for me named Drew Williams. Dwight Williams, actually. No, it's Drew Williams. And we went on a trip to visit a client, and we get the hotel or somewhere, and it's like, uh, we have a reservation here for uh, Dustin Williams. And I was like, who the hell is Dustin Williams? And he was like, it's me. Use his real name. Yeah, he just alias. Yeah, his, alias. His fake name. So back to the reason people don't listen to this. Uh, we're going to talk about the hateful eight of campaigns. Are there actually eight? In this one? There's actually eight, not five. You shortchanged this last week. We got a lot of complaints about it, by the way. Not seven minute abs. Not six minute abs. I'm telling you, we got hate mail. You have. Well, we're going to give them the hateful eight for their hate mail. You you yeah, okay. Number one in a can. So this is for campaigns. Campaigns. Campaign. The word that I, I don't. I've never done that before. The if if it's weird, ask because Josh has this obsession with tapping on the microphone, and Bobby, the producer, is saying, "Quit tapping I can't on the stop microphone." It. I, I've never he's done over there this before. Just going piano man on the microphone. Won't quit. Won't quit tapping or playing on it. Like, put your hands, sit on your hands. I'm, I'm there. Son, stop. Play with I, your food. Sit on your hands. I don't know what's wrong with me. So, anyway, Rocket Man over here. Number one, if you're doing a campaign. Campaign. You've The number one hate point is no quality or weak content. No quality content. And I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. When you're looking at your campaign... Wait, hold on a bit. Hold on. You brought up Beats, Bears, and Battlestar Galactica. Did, did you just want to say that on the podcast? No, I found out something really odd the other day, but I was just... <laughs> it was so obscure, I didn't want to bring it up, but I will now. So it's hot, and I started noticing uh, the forest fire commercials. People say they don't make forest fires, and they bring it up in the heat when it's Smokey dry. Smokey the Bear? Smokey the Bear. He only wears blue jeans. He doesn't have a shirt on, which I find weird because Pooh Bear only wears a shirt and doesn't wear jeans. Why do bears only have one part of clothing on? I have never seen a, a, a bear in real life with any clothing on. But Smokey has blue jeans. That's it. Blue yeah. jeans and a hat. It's hot out in the woods. Pooh only has... He lives in the woods, too. And Pooh only has a, a shirt. He has no pants. Yeah. Smokey's hat also matches his belt buckle with his name on it. Because, you know, there's you've got to have your hat with the name tag and a belt buckle a shirt on him. And, and like the people that were approving the art was like, too much. Take the shirt off. Well, they gave him some pecs, too. It's like Magic Mike. He's kind of jacked with his bare, bare chest. Bare, oh, ball. Oh, with his woo. bare. But anyway, why does Pooh have a shirt but nothing else? Because And Smokey has pants and nothing else. A.A. Milne. Yogi has nothing but a tie and a collar. <laughs> Waka Waka has a polka-dotted Cravat. Yeah, whatever. Neckerchief. Neckerchief around his head. And then, uh, I don't know who else is another. What other bears do we have? Huh? I don't know, but I'm just saying it's weird. They Paddington has a flasher jacket. <laughs> That's what he has, a flasher jacket. <laughs> That's what I call them. Those London Fog rain jackets that only flashers and people that go out in the rain with and business suits And people that sell watch, watches in New York City in yeah. 1980s Look movies. at this. Look at this. So... Little known fact: in the Next couple of weeks, I'm heading to New York City. Yeah, wearing your and I kind of I got wearing my trench coat, and I kind of want to go to one of those 
uh, areas where they like hit the button and the room spins around and you go in and see all the fake stuff and then it spins around and then you're out of it. But I'm not going to because I feel like it'd be dangerous, but I know that that exists so anyway. I don't know what you're talking about. You really don't in New York. So I don't know. I think it's near Chinatown, that area, but they've got, you know, where they have oh, all like, the knockoffs and stuff. Yeah. And they'll pull you down a hallway and they, I don't know, they literally hit a button, but like it's a door that spins. It looks like it's going into nowhere and you go into a room and there's like purses everywhere, like knockoff knock watches. Louis yeah. And then they drop the gates down if they think they're going to get, but everyone knows about it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I think it's part of it's the experience and part of it is the ability to cover up what they're doing quickly. Now, I've only seen the old YouTube and friend phone videos of it. I've never actually experienced it. And I don't think I'm going to. Um, Did but, not know this. But it's it's a thing. It's a thing. Huh. So anyway, I don't know much about Battlestar Galactica or Beats. I just thought it was funny to use Drew Schrute's lines there. Because I can't say Dwight. Yeah. So see, you didn't really want me to talk about that. I didn't. I, but I, I, So I was going to skip it, but then you brought it back, I, so I had to. I apologize to myself, first of all, but to the audience. Oh, I was, well, you asked for it. I did. Sorry, you sorry, audience. Sorry so, for tapping the mic stand. and We're talking about bears and their All right, so their attire. something you just said a set of words earlier. No, I was talking about when you start a campaign, I see a lot of banks, because that's who we are, that their content's just not strong for the campaign. It's a lot of stock imagery. It's direct mail that doesn't match up with the message that they're trying to give. It's a lot of banker speak. The content isn't quality. And so I, I often say when you start with the four C's, the content, the content has to be good. And so when I talk about the hateful way to campaign, I say, well, one, start with some strong content. Like, figure out your content and how you're going to deliver it. But it's got to be strong. There's a, a, a commercial kind of circling around LinkedIn right now a new bank commercial that I can't tell if it is. If somebody paid for the footage that's in it to be shot and didn't buy it from stock, somebody made a mistake. Because I'm just like... Well, we've done ads before that we... It's been years because I've told you... And and, and full disclaimer, full disclosure, during the pandemic, we we did several ads with stock imagery. Yeah, but that's just part of... That was like... But it's the way it's designed and looks and feels... Um, you know, one of my, what, what's so funny is I just taught at a couple bank, bank leadership schools. Oh, home Stonier through ABA. Well, no, it's, it is what it is. Fine. That's fine. Oh, okay. Well, fine. It is what it is. Just a couple, three little comfort, little. No, they they weren't little. They were large and amazing. LSU, Stonier. You had to be highly, highly qualified to do it. Yeah. Yes. You had to be high? And qualified. (laughs) And, uh, but anyway. Uh, but I explained to them, and I showed some examples for my students that may listen to this, uh, Hi, of, students. of cliche bank advertising. Mm-hmm. Handshake in front of the bank, flower shop. clean teller row, flower shop, close sign no turning one, open no one, on if a you've glass. Ever at a bank, there is no clean teller row. It's got paper. And disclaimers everywhere. And, 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 you know, the handshake and then the awkwardly super clean desk with a beautiful couple sitting down. Do you know what I want somebody to, to explain to me? I'm sorry, it's, it's going to be that kind of podcast where it's why just the like, bear only wears jeans. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, you start moving FDIC placards around at Teller Row. Oh, oh, uh. Uh-uh. I want I want to go. You and I need to go to Washington D.C. I want to meet with the FDIC and just be like, No, you don't. Why? Because I've done it like seven times. I'm just like, why don't we just have like one, like, will the sticker on the door not suffice? Like, wh- why has it got to be in every like line of sight? 
Well, it's really not the FDIC. It's really your compliance the, officer. The compliance the officer inside the bank. And that's my deal is like, once you have the insurance, why do we have to keep well, one to be a charter bank? You have you have to have FDIC insurance. You have to. I know the consumer doesn't understand that necessarily, the average consumer, but like there is no other regulatory requirement where it's like every like seven inches you have to to be able to see this. It just anyway, it sort of irks me. Well, because it doesn't seem purposeful. It doesn't. Seem I like, think their purpose is to reinforce the strength of the industry through the insurance in front of the consumer. Well, they do Number a commercial one. or something. <laughs> they do a commercial because there's no profit in it for them. I don't know. Those premiums are pretty high. Well, they're, the ABA emailed they said they're going to raise them 2% next year. Inflation's? Inflation in to cover the anticipated, I guess, losses potential the, of loss from a big... Uh, um, failure? <laughs> not, a, not a failure, but a... Uh, a recession. So I was looking for. I couldn't. My, my filing cabinet was stuck there for a minute. Yeah. My brain. A recession. Uh, so anyway, yeah. I think there's a there's a potential for uh, for an increase. I in still the, say in the assessment that the bank that comes out and says, "Did you know we insure your money for two hundred fifty thousand dollars?" Like would have a good bank messaging, but nobody can do it because it's like too obvious to their peers. So then they'd be made fun of at the conference. It's too risky. It's too risky to tell the truth. <laughs> Well, it's, it's too not, risky it, to remind your it's customer. Too, it's too risky because it's not ri- risky enough. I, I it's just, like kicking the penalty kick up the middle in a soccer game because you know that the goalie's going to dive to the side. Yeah. So obviously kicking up the middle statistically would be the best choice. But if you do it and they just decided not to move, like stood there and you kicked it, it would look so dumb that you're going to go to the side anyway. Yeah. And it's kind of like this. Like it would be great because it's right up the middle. It's true. Other banks People are don't going know the it. other ways. The consumer doesn't know it. But if you did, it'd just be like, well, yeah, we do that. Don't you know that? So it's kind of one of those, like, eh. I think it'd work out. Eh. Uh, speaking of, number two on the hateful eight, no message. Yeah. No that, message in a campaign. It's just, give we're, me an we're example a bank. of no message. Uh, the ad that has the teller row that's turning around. Close sign, the, the floral shop. Like, but it's, they're here for the business. They're here for the. It has no message. Yeah. I, I mean, look, no message is a message. I can get you oh, content. I, I, I content. think you can tell if you have a message or not to where if, like, somebody could tell could tell the message of that ad to somebody else. Like, Spuds McKenzie. Represented Good Times Beer Party and, yeah. yeah. And uh, when you appropriately interrupted me as I was bragging about my humbleness of speaking, oh, and okay. you should have interrupted yeah. me because it was just another diatribe uh, of stupidity, but I will tell you that at the school with my students, okay. distant students, rewind the conversation. I showed some ads that were like exactly what I talk about, just super vanilla, no risk. Like real bank ads? You called them out right there in the... In sure the, did. Some of our listeners They're, may have... It's public. You've put it on TV. Yeah. I'm just showing it and critiquing it. And yeah. you can critique, like everything's fair game as yeah, far as I'm Yeah, but, but we know in a public forum... Oh, don't... Bank, banks get real... Well, then, hey, don't make... The hey, ads. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but and then and then the funny thing was I got back and you texted me and I said, look at this, of a, a, a bank that we know. And I looked at it and I was like, they did literally exactly what I made fun of. Yeah. I had some students with some other ads send me their bank's ads and say, my bank's doing exactly what you talked about not doing. I said, well, they're doing it because it's easy. It's comfortable. And that one's up the middle. But here's the thing I say about my up the middle of the FDIC it's up the middle, but unexpected. 
the goal kick, the PK kick. Yeah, it's it's, up the middle. it's unexpected, uh, and which makes it memorable. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, depending on the creative. Well, like I said again, the fact that the audience largely does not know. I mean, I think somebody polled somebody, and people still think it's hundred thousand dollars, even though it hasn't been. It's been two hundred fifty thousand. It was it was unlimited since, for a little while, and then they went yeah. back. So my my. But my question is, what did I text you as soon as you text me that ad? It hits on every... Well, I, I, no, I think it... And I'm putting you on the spot. I, I texted you, I said, I said, please do not ever let us do or think about oh, yeah. an ad that looks like this ever again. Our bank is mature, unique. We're past that point in the maturity of our marketing. Cool. Cool, we funny, whatever, sunglasses, you know, cool or not cool. But the point being is, like, I, I don't know when banks are going to move away from this... The same ads, just maybe it's in HD versus not HD, but it's the same thing. Like, you could pull this ad up 60 years ago, and the people's hair might be longer, well, their collars might be a little bigger, but it's the same ad. Well, well, it's because let banks are very quick to do what someone else has done, assuming that there's less risk in it because someone else didn't fail doing it. I'll tell you a quick story. Maybe I've said this on the podcast before. Somebody, um, we're meeting with somebody about a brand rebranding their bank. Is this the show me a bank that's done this before? No, I won't repeat that one again. I will. (laughs) But um, the... the, I want something unique and different, but can you show me a bank that's done this before? That happened. Well, this one was, we gave a great pitch, had great rapport, I thought. And um, when it was done, they chose somebody else, which is fine. um, Because I've I've looked at a couple of banks that rebranded that chose someone else and like, Oh, it wouldn't have been a fit. Like if y'all went with that, <laughs> yeah, with no, that, it pr- it yeah, wouldn't. I, we would never been. Able our to skills would that. not have fit yeah. your needs. Well, this was. Um, we went with a company that has rebranded several banks in our state already. In other words, competing banks with them, so they know how to design brands for banks in this state. I'm rolling my eyeballs. Yeah, but you're like, but to your point, it's like if. It's just such a risk well, mitigation like you meet thing. Somebody like, they must know how we do what we do here. Like, well, first, are you always going to be in your state if that's what you're aspiring to and you don't have you don't have any broader aspirations? I don't mean like go be a neobank or go expand, but just people from other states are probably going to move in. Well, they probably had a directional name too. South, South Community Main Street Farmers Bank of Merchants and Trust. I need to go check it out, see if they ever finish the project. Anyway, number three, moving along here, is No Connection, a campaign that doesn't connect with the audience. And I see these, I think we're on repeat here of picking on banks that have the open sign turnaround, the handshake, the florist as the business that they're using, the shiny teller row, like it, there's... There's no connection there because it doesn't look real. And if you make it real, it might not look good on camera, but it's not, neither one is creative anyway. Like it shouldn't be in the mindset of your advertising in 2020 uh, because the, those are not, they're not interesting. They're not memorable. And if your ad looks like you could take any bank's logo and put it on it and it would be the same thing, then you're exactly what we're talking about. Go look at your advertising and if you're like, well, it doesn't feel like us, doesn't have a brand color, it doesn't have, uh, it looks just like every bank's ad, then you you literally don't have a, a message and I don't know how you're going to connect when your message is we're like everybody else. So number four in a, in a campaign is one of my favorites is or favorites to not do is being unable to convert, creating campaigns that look good, 
Uh, and someone would say, well, all that digital you do know, we have comments in there. We tag with uh, Salesforce part audibility and uh, we use every means possible to follow up. If it's an event, you put them into Salesforce or whatever your CRM and MCIF is. You follow up on them. You track a profitability of the people that are at the events or the who VEs where you can. Now, television is a little different, but you can also put it up and watch and see if it affects your SEO by more people searching for your brand as you become more name aware. So there's ways to track whatever your conversion is, whether it be a real conversion for dollars and deposits and loans, which you want, yeah. or whether it be a more of a vanity conversion of clicks or views or impressions. But I think all of them matter. I think it's hard to explain that they don't or do. I think they all matter. I think some matter greater than others. Well, they do. They're, but they it, all matter. Well, they're in order, right? So, like, impression is, the, is one of the top, most top-line metrics, then click through page visits, yada, yada, going down to actual conversions, which may be, um, you know, account opened or number of uh, money deposited. What you can do, if, and this is one reason we sort of advocate working together with banks for long periods of time, is you can begin to build what we call a matriculation model. You know, if you run a campaign and it gets this many impressions, it's probably going to trickle down to this many account openings. An possibly. upside down pyramid scheme. No, yeah. I mean, not a scheme. It's the funnel. The, the funnel. sales funnel. It's the funnel. It's the impression funnel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the old funnel. Number five is what I call the competition trap, where you spend so much time looking at competition. We just talked about it. And we did. And one example I have is I can't tell you how often I have bankers in our bank send me direct mail that they've gotten from other banks. Like, why aren't we doing something like this? And you look at it, and it's like, first of all, it's not what our bank does. It's like a, it's a a wealth management piece or something else. It's just not, doesn't fit our brand and what our message and our client prospect is. And then also sometimes it's like wonky and it's not, it's just not good, but I get them all the time. And then I match those up to each other. And I'm like, well, this bank did exactly what this bank did. Like you can almost obviously tell that it was, one was a reaction piece to their piece. And you're just in anyway. So try too similar. Yeah. Chasing what every other bank does, trying to look like every other bank. What's crazy, paradoxically, that banks do it to avoid risk, but it's one of the riskiest things a bank can do. Because you destroy the ability to be a brand. Yeah. Number six is it's not memorable or you didn't put enough resources behind it to make it known. So you yeah. didn't make it. It wasn't memorable and you didn't make it memorable because we've said before that there are ads out there like car ads, for example, and I'm like, but they're not memorable standing alone. Mm -hmm. But when you see it 3000 times, it becomes memorable or it's super memorable, like cliche, but the, the Apple ad when, you know, played one time, but everybody yeah. remembered it because it was unique in what it was. Where's Mattress Mac, the guy that in Houston, Texas and does. You or know, Alex Shannon and his 10,000 billboards. You, it's not memorable, but yeah, you but, see it so much. But Mattress Mac, I'll save you money. And he just, you know, says it. And it's not so much that it's memorable, but you spend so much behind it that yeah. you make it memorable. And I've seen really good commercials that just didn't, e either they didn't have enough money for production value, the concept was good, or they didn't run it often enough or long enough. For it to get any legs behind yeah. it. I'll tell you what ad I really like right now that is both. It's memorable, funny, and because the money in it is memorable. And it plays a lot is the uh, Snoop Dogg uh, Sandberg. Is it Andy Sandberg? Is that mm -hmm. his name? Um, Corona ad. Have you seen that mm -hmm. one? Where he's like, Snoop D-O-double-G. And he's like, and it's just Snoop. 
He goes, thanks, Snoop. D-O-double-G. And he kind of and he does his eyes. I think it's hilarious that because, again, kind of like thinking about the No Rain being a song, that generation of people, it was Snoop D-O-double-G. Like, mm-hmm. everyone said that. And now, you know, he's just Snoop, whatever. But, like, the comedy of it, the funny of it, the fact that he's like, the best plans are no plans. What's Puff Daddy's name right now? What is Sean Combs, like? I think he's P. Diddy. What's his go-by right now? Well, he was Puff Daddy, Puffy, P. Diddy. I think he's still P. Diddy, but he may be back to Puffy. But I don't know. Sean Puffy Combs. He's kind of, I think he does some reality stuff, but he's kind of fallen off the radar as far as like. I think he's that rich. They all, but you you make it and then it's like, I don't have to work unless I just want to. Uh, And he probably is there. Look, he's, who knows? He's probably out there doing a hundred things today. Probably 25 new songs, riding jet skis. But anyway, but I mean, when he has the rights to probably most of that music from from the bad boy days. Yeah. So those are memorable. Maybe we should buy some of those and put them in ads. Can't afford it. Brother Love. P. Diddy is now Brother Love. Brother. Since 2017. 2017, he is now Brother Love. If I run into him, I'm calling him Puff Daddy. Cousin to Kevin Love. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You're going to call him Puffy Love? Uh, uh, P. Lovey. Brother Love. Sean. Sean. Sean Combs. P. Diddy. I mean, what day? You got to yell Puffy if you saw him. Puffy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, number seven. This is one of my favorites that Banks do. The favorite one of all. Paralysis. Well, he, he doesn't mean. Paralysis. Doesn't mean real favorite. Paralysis by analysis. Oh yeah. These kind of are all related together too. Well, they are. They're why campaigns can't get off the ground. You you pitch really good creative. Uh, you've got a good plan for delivering it. You've got a good budget behind this. Like, well, what's the the people that'll see it and what's their demo and how are you going to get it and have we checked on and then you go into this like what other banks doing that and what banks not doing that and, you, and then it's just like hey if we would just run the campaign we would already be there yeah dumb sports golf joke is like sometimes I think all the analysis you have behind a campaign is kind of like having a caddy when you play golf they're great to help you and they'll and it's good to have it but like they don't actually hit the ball and make the plays and when I say plays, they don't actually make the stroke. They don't actually, they're not the one actually playing. They're helping you and they add a lot to it. Uh, and that's what I talk about a lot of this analysis is like, you still got to do the campaign. You still have to execute. You're still actually making it. Whether you can have all this extra analysis that costs a little more, makes it maybe a little better. Don't let that stop you from doing the campaign. So the, the paralysis by analysis thing, I think, is huge with banks that want to be a picker of nits. Yeah, I've had more stuff, more campaigns rebrands or whatever like that a bank asked for die because of the yeah just can't get it can't get off the ground and i think it also kills a lot of momentum like you'll meet with a marketing team that has a great idea or an agency that has a great idea and then it's like but we could never get that through because it's just gonna not because it's not compliant it's just especially with like marketing committees oh yeah you know, well, I got to take that to my marketing committee. And then you've got, you know, one person from retail, one from mortgage, one from compliance, one from yada, yada. And they go through it and they and they turn it from like, what could be great into like the gray. Remember when they were trying to make a mascot at, and it's just like a gray person. Community. A gray, yeah, a gray suit because like you can't do anything because everything offends somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's just got to be a gray person. That's what it does. Your market turns into the just gray marketing. That, that's that's going to be my next book. Gray marketing. And turning number, gr- turning gray marketing, great marketing into, into gray, gray marketing. marketing. Or turning gray marketing into great marketing. Yeah. There you go. From and gray f- to great. From gray to great. Ooh, there you go. From good to great. The book that most people have talked about and that never no one's read. ever read. <laughs> I read a chapter and now I'm great. 
Uh, and finally, number eight is no ROI. Just considering that how do you get the ROI out of your campaign? And this isn't talking about just creative or just connection or just conversion, but what is the true ROI? We were talking about this doing? earlier. Like um, Banking is one of the few industries that when you do a sponsorship or, or work on something, you can demand business from that entity. Yeah, and there's times when I will turn it down. Like, we would love for you to do a sponsorship. Well, who do you bank with? Such and such. Well, I don't see their name on anything. Yeah, but they're just convenient. But okay, well, if they're convenient, then we'll we'll stay we'll stay with what we yeah. got. But no, it is an advantage. I mean, if you're a car company, I mean, unless you're, I mean, what are you going to give a bunch of cars away? The you business can't, is right. Yeah. You can't. You're just putting your name on it and a brand. Banks can actually bank the entity. I would assume that people at like work at Toyota Field are probably like asked to buy Toyotas. Probably. But I mean, that's closer than, I mean, that that's deposit your operating account with us and we'll consider it. I mean, it's, it, it, it baffles me sometimes when I see businesses that don't bank with the person that's paying them. Yeah. But anyway, I guess it is what it is. So all your eggs in one basket. Well, if you like eggs, uh, hateful eight of campaigns, weak content, no message, no connection, being unable to convert, making it too similar or focused too much like competition, not memorable enough or not going to be memorable enough because you didn't put enough resources behind it. The old paralysis by analysis and finally no ROI, not being able to ca calculate any type of return. And ROI does not necessarily mean cash money. Yeah, it doesn't mean it means the goal I of spent what money, you want to do. I spent money and I got money back. It's I spent money and I elicited some value, valuable results. I mean, it may be to raise, to raise a demo's credit scores. Yeah. It may be, you know, whatever it is, it's it's not necessarily money. Although, at the end of the day, you do money's have an impact. Money's not too bad. No, nah, money's not a bad. It's not a bad thing to have on the ROI. No. A return. So, that being said, Smokey, hope there's no uh, forest fires. Keep your jeans clean. Won't burn his shirt. Keep your sh he won't. Pooh, keep your shirt on. Keep eating your honey. Oh, for the Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. We'll see you later. See you. and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the official policy or position of any financial institution or agency, Renaissance Corporation, Renaissance Bank and its affiliates, or the Mavis Agency. For more information, please visit marketingmoneypodcast.com.